When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She told him she'd stay with him forever. This week on the podcast, Al J. Smith's The Forbidden Game, book two, The Chase. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we're doing it. It's book two. We're loving it. I love this book. It's even better. And oh my God. It's again, so good. Again, when I finished it, I was like, I want to keep going. I know. It's <laughs> so good. When I get home, I'm starting book three. Me too. Yep. Well, good thing. We're like recording fairly soon after. So it'll Indeed be. Indeed we are. Uh, we can just <laughs> I read need it. To. <laughs> read it. Close the book and walk right into the booth. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm loving it. This was really good. This was so good. So many moments. I like sat back from the book and was like, this is a good book. It was even better written. Yeah. There was more of a story to it instead of just formula. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, the Julian-Jenny stuff was way more intense. Yeah, it was so intense. Criticism, no Zach. No Zach. No Zach weirdness. I I actually tabbed (laughs) where where I thought there was going to be some Zach weirdness. And it wasn't. I I was like, ah, we could have had more cuz on cuz. We didn't. No more cuz on cuz. But still weird. It, there was tension. weird tension in the dark room. I hope book three, do not tell us, listeners, I really hope book three there's more. I I just want it stated. I want to know <sighs> if Zach wants his cousin. Yeah. That's all I, I want to know. know. I even if it's know. Even if it's like one throwaway sentence. Even like, if they don't make out, uh, I just want him professing his sexual love for her. Yeah. I want him to like, <laughs> oh God, like as he's dying, he's just like, mm, I've always wanted you, bye. bye. <laughs> and then dies. Oh, I'd be so happy. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was a little disappointed. I wish I was inside you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, and gross. then she's like, me too. <laughs> a little. <laughs> a little. No, it's not. It's gross. Mm. My um, love is bifurcated, not trifurcated. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It's a real Stephen King-like opening. It felt so Stephen King. Where you King. just, you check in with a character you don't know and will never meet again who is like fucked up and is just like, like a lamb to a monster. Yeah. He's prey. It was like a cold open. Because again, it's like he's almost the summer for this book mm-hmm. in that he is created to die and raise the stakes. Totally. But he's like a creepy killer person. Mm-hmm. So we're not sorry to see him go. No, not sorry. He hurts He hurts cats. I know. He hurts little animals. He like goes out of his way to run over cats. On the road. and Kill him a thousand times over. Yeah. And he like tries to, he like really enjoys hunting but to a degree that even he knows is kind of fucked up or the rabbits yeah yeah or he's like i love taking down a large animal because of the like feeling of taking its life like that and and he even is like "Mm, i don't tell my dad about it yeah so he's like this creepy dude that basically just is 
doing his creepy hunting in the woods, just gets killed right away by a scary beast type thing. He sensed vaguely that his hunting was somehow different than his dad's. He did things when he was alone that he never told anybody about. When he was five, he used to pour rubbing alcohol on earwigs. They'd writhed a long time before they died. Even now, he would swerve to run over a possum or a cat in the road if he could. Killing felt so good. Any kind of killing. That was Gordy Wilson's little secret. So gross. I feel bad, like, like if a bee gets in my house, Eesh. I, like, trap it and put it outside. Yeah. But also we have I'll a bee problem. Put, ooh, that sucks. Well, no, I mean the world has a problem where bees oh, are going away. Oh, true. Yes. I do not have a bee problem. I did have a wasp problem at one point, and I do not like wasps at all. I mean, nobody really likes wasps <laughs> or bees no, when they're interacting. Yeah. Like, they're fascinating and wasps are to not learn about. Yes. Nobody wants to, like, encounter them. Yeah. <laughs> no one's like, I'm kind of a, I'm a wasp guy. I'm a wasp head. <laughs> <laughs> Where my wasp head's at. Um, but, like, bees do good and wasps are kind of just mean. I don't think they, like, they might eat they some bugs. They don't pollinate? mm They don't eat, they're, they're carnivores. Mm. Bees? Gross. Yeah. What do they, what they, are they carnivore? Sometimes they eat bees. Maybe they were created to stem a bee problem that we used to have in the other direction. Yeah. But then this is what happens when you play God. Yep. When you play God. I don't know who that was. When you play God. It did sound like you were doing a character I should have known. Yeah. It sounded like I was doing a character I should have known. <laughs> Maybe you do deep down. I think I do. Um, you know what I loved this time around? Jenny's description of Julian's eye color is the color of when you're rubbing your eyes. Oh, that was cool. And it's like the like fractals that you see. Yeah. Or filaments that you see when you're rubbing your eyes. And it's like that like electric the blue. That, yeah. That was so cool. And she was like, it was a color that like you don't see in the she world. She cobalt. She did keep saying cobalt. Let's take a look at what cobalt I'm is. I'm going to look that up. Oh, that's very blue. His eyes are this color. <laughs> that's what I was. I thought cobalt was a lot deeper a blue. Maybe they change. Maybe his eyes just change. And she you know, was more I think specific about that. People's eyes do change color depending on how they're feeling. Would everybody like to know my Google, my most recent Google search history? Sure. Two-headed monster. Mm. Eggs expire. <laughs> Flintstones animal appliances. Flintstones rock puns. Betty Rebel. <laughs> good, good work. I had a show. <laughs> and I needed to do... Wait, how do you find your history? Some Simpsons research. You just open Google and it's... And you put the cursor in the search fields and it's there. Recent Wait, a searches. Google app? Yeah. Oh, I don't have the Google app. What, what? I'm going to get it right now. Why wouldn't you have the Google app? I don't know. That's I just used crazy Safari. to me. <laughs> I just used Safari. Uh, Google's better. I'm going to do it now. I'm getting it. Here I am installing. Let's wait for you to <laughs> oh, Touch ID. <laughs> um, but so basically, Gordy dies by being killed by some mystical beast that mm -hmm. he can't. That he sensed was following him. Yeah. And then we cut to Jenny furiously brushing her hair in a yes. school bathroom and being confronted by the crying girl. The crying girl. Capital T, capital mm -hmm. C, capital G. This was a little, I feel like crying girl's story could have been fleshed out more. Yeah. I like felt I could have stood to know more about her. Yeah. Or like she should have been a part of things for a little while. Mm -hmm. She just appears. Yeah. To accuse Jenny of. She's just a way to find the paper house. Yeah. And I would have liked it if she was a little more of a character first. Mm -hmm. And if we found out more about PC and 
Slug? Bone thug. <laughs> yes, slug. <laughs> slug. Slug, bone thug. Bone PC. thug in harmony. <laughs> um, um, yeah. But really, yeah, I like, wanted to find out more about the three of them. Because then there is just like kind of no sadness about their death in the house. Yeah, there really only is like at the at the end when Julian says yeah. like they lost the game. And she's like, oh, I guess they're dead. It was just a way for them to keep the house from being destroyed by the group. Mm. Yeah. Th- would have been nice if those three had more of a story. Yeah. Because it would have felt less like they were just devices. They definitely did feel like devices. Because mm-hmm. she basically just comes up to Jenny, is like, PC did not kill that girl. Yeah. And Jenny's like, you know, duh. Yeah, she's like, I know. I never said that. And she's like, PC didn't kill that girl. And she's like, like I know. No, I told the police that. Because he didn't. And- I think you did it. Like, Bitch, I told them. And she said like, he didn't do it. What are you not hearing coming out of my mouth? I said he didn't kill her. <laughs> do you hear the words coming, coming out, out of my mouth? She didn't. I guess she didn't. No. Um. Too too blinded by grief. Right. Then she goes away. <laughs> You're a soch. That's right. Oh, I was just like just waiting for it to be specified that they were all Hispanic. It was very interesting. It was like that it lightly was, implied. Like, it was like coded. Yeah. It was a little weird. I mean, I guess I respect that she didn't go for some sort of terrible stereotype. Yeah. I mean, because she like, already... Better to not describe it. Although she did keep saying olive skin. She did. And also we did mm. have to hear about how Dee was, quote, an ebony huntress. Again. Although it was way pulled back this time. Oh, because it was Thank only like God. three phrases instead yeah. of like a thousand. Yep. And she... Went through like full paragraphs of describing D without talking about yeah. her skin color at all. Mm-hmm. So I was actually pretty proud of her. I think it was a step forward. Yeah, she didn't. F- it felt like she wasn't quite so defensive about like I'm totally cool with black people. Yeah, I think they're beautiful. Yeah, I think I think maybe her editor was like, all right. So like major, my most major note is we do about fifty percent less of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so of course, after Jenny hears this, she's like, well, shit, like. There's this girl that knows something about PC and like where he went. And so maybe she knows where the paper house is because we need to find that paper house and really destroy it. Mm -hmm. And her friends are all kind of like, I don't know, they're kind of like they're they're like they're kind of taking her seriously, but not really. At this point, I felt like they weren't. Maybe it's more like we don't want to have to take you seriously. They're afraid for sure. Mm hmm. Because it was a very they do scary. All, they do all circle up. I don't know if we touched on this, but Tom is a fucking mess in this book. We haven't yet. He Tom, is distraught. He, he, is dis- he is like giving up. He has given up. He has no hope of keeping Jenny. He's like, I'm just going to keep her alive. Yeah. He has relegated himself to skulking around in the shadows. Yeah. He's just become like a, um, a benevolent stalker. Yeah. He's like a guardian. <laughs> he sees himself as like a guardian angel. Yeah. So he's... He's just, like, skittering around in the dark, like, yeah. watching his so when friends. when Jenny goes to round everyone up and explain that they have to find the crying girl to find the house, Tom's nowhere to be found because he's in some bushes. Yeah. They're all like, well, where's Tom? He's a real Sean Spicer. Yes. <laughs> he's spicing it up in the bushes. He's being spicy. And Jenny, too, is kind of like, I, haven't, I feel like Tom's avoiding me. And she's like, mm, unrelated. I feel different. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. How it's like something got switched on in Jenny. Mm-hmm. She's like, like a power has been unleashed in her. And the unfortunate thing is that the power was unleashed by a sexual 
longing for Julian. Yes. That she is trying to control. Um, and also because she fought him, but but it's like, it's making cute dudes at school ask her to prom. Yeah. What the fuck is Audrey's problem? Why okay. is Audrey trying to hook her up? Like, like <sighs> this is not a make Tom jealous situation. The whole problem is that Tom is jealous. Why would you be like, well, the way to get Tom to talk to you again is by is by going out with yet another dude. Yeah, she's like, he seems to be jealous that you and this supernatural being have a special connection. A way to make him like be able to conceptualize his feelings for you better is for him to see you with a human boy. Yeah. So then she's like, go she's like if you want to draw him boy. out of those bushes. <laughs> threaten to go to yet another guy. Yeah. <laughs> And then just, like, this whole time, he's, like, kind of trying to play it cool. Like, the times that he does end up coming out of the bushes to be with them, Mm -hmm. he's, like, trying to play it cool, but finds out that she's, like, going to prom with this other guy, and he's, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and it was just when he started to kind of be more normal around her. Yeah, and he was, like, okay, fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, he's, like, great. That sounds great. I mean, good for you. This is, I mean, (laughs) Julian was one thing, but, uh, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, wow, salt in the I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that somebody else will have you, um... Who also isn't Julian. <laughs> Great. The, the more the merrier, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Let's all just have a whack at Jenny. <laughs> have a whack. Let's all step up to tree. the plate. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, apart from Tom being weird, is Zach being weird and it never really getting fully addressed? No. Because, like, so they're all meeting up. And so I, I went to find this in the book, the part where she finds... Zach is when they find D, it's like kind of weird. <laughs> so she and Audrey peered into the girls' locker room. D wasn't even dressed yet, snapping towels and snickering with a couple of girls on the swim team. She was naked and completely unselfconscious, beautiful and lithe and supple as a jet black panther. <laughs> yeah. When she saw Jenny and Audrey looking at her significantly, she hiked an eyebrow at them, then nodded. She reached for a garnet colored t shirt and joined them a minute later. They found Zach in the art block, standing alone outside the photography lab. That wasn't surprising. Zach was usually alone. What surprised Jenny was that he wasn't inside the lab working. Zach's thin, intense face had always been pale, but these days it looked almost chalky. And in the last few weeks, he'd taken to wearing black cotton twills and shirts. He's changed, Jenny thought. Well, no wonder what they'd been through would have changed anyone. But he's changed in a way nobody else has quite changed. Yeah. I mean, he also, like... Later on in the book, um, his parents, I guess, off page, have talked to her parents. And her parents ask, her mom asks Jenny, like, have you heard anything weird going on with Zach? Because his parents have noticed something different about him. And she's like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I know that it's a dress that he, like, is afraid to do any more photography because of the whole, like, Magritte thing that gets introduced. (laughs) Where he loses his mind over Magritte painting. Which I get, that's. Like, I love that painting. It's yeah, a really cool painting. So his whole reasoning is that, so the the painting of this is not a pipe, which the whole point of is that an image of a pipe is not a pipe. Mm-hmm. And so the images he's taking aren't real, and yet he's afraid they're real because things were made real in the in the game house. Yeah, because that, like, Julian was literally that painting, like, he could take that painting that says this is not a pipe and literally make it a pipe. But to me, that wasn't a satisfactory answer for why he had changed so much compared to everybody else. And 
I'm hopeful that some of that does get at least addressed more in the third book because of what ends up happening at the end with him and Tom. Yeah, I so thought hopefully... Julian was going to take, because I, I happened to see, because I was looking for the some original mm. books online because mm-hmm. I don't like this fucking omnibus. Yeah. Um, and I did happen to see that, like, the third book is, is that uh, Julian has Zach and Tom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, he does because they're his competition. Yes. But then there wasn't enough about Zach. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm hoping that like maybe I don't know. I want to know what happens with Zach. I, I I feel like there's so much potential there for like him to have some kind of like awakening about his sexual feelings with her. I I want I want the disturbing truth. Yeah, me too. Give it to us. We're Come on. we're begging. We've got open hands waiting, open eyes, open minds. Um. So I found the stuff with the. This is not a pipe. Oh, good. Talk. So because we have to get it, Jenny's like for real dumb in this moment. (laughs) So Jenny looked and saw an extremely weird picture. It showed a brown pipe, the kind Audrey's father smoked, with the words, this is not a pipe under it. Jenny stared at it, feeling stupid. Beside her, Zach was tense, waiting for her response. But it is a pipe, she said timidly, tapping her finger on the brown bowl. Zach's gray eyes were still on the book. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. A picture of a pipe is not a pipe. For a moment, she got it, and then it slipped away. It made her head hurt, but it also gave gave her a vaguely excited feeling, mystical. The image isn't reality, Zach said quietly, but with force. Even though we're used to thinking that way a lot of the time, we show a kid a picture of a dog and say, this is a doggy, but it's not. It's just an image. He glanced at her sideways and added, a paper house is not a house. And Jenny goes, it's bizarre. I like it. She smiled at Zach, feeling as if they had a secret. She saw his expression change, and then he looked away, his gray eyes distant. It's important to know the difference between image and reality, he said softly. He glanced at her sideways again, as if considering whether to tell her another secret. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I was ready. I was ready. I was ready. And then considering whether she could be trusted. Then he said almost casually, you know, I used to think that imaginary worlds were safer than the real one. And I saw a real imaginary world, and it was, he stopped. Jenny was startled at his expression. She put her hand on his arm. I know. And then he says something about, like, remember when we used to play as kids? We didn't know what was real and what isn't, but it's important now. It's important to me. Nobody cares. Nobody Mm. cares. Mm. So Jenny's response is, or like, assumption now is like, oh, his photography is art. It wasn't safe anymore. It had been contaminated by his experience in the shadow world. So then again, he hunched one shoulder again. I just haven't seen anything I wanted to photograph. I used to see things all the time and wanted to shoot them. But lately, I just don't care. I'm sorry, Zach. But I'm glad you told me, Jenny thought. She felt very close to her cousin just then. She went on in a low voice. Maybe when this is all over. She was cut off by the bang of a door. A quiet moment was shattered. Zach's father stood in the doorway. And I was like, fuck you, Zach's dad. I know. Ugh, I thought we were getting to some good shit. I know. And then, no. So mm. what was that? It can't have been that simple. It can't have been what Jenny was fully assuming. Otherwise, mm, boring. Yeah, that's so boring. You know what I think? Okay, so he's like, um, when he's talking about how the image is not the the thing. And so he's like, just like paper houses aren't real houses. And I used to think that, oh, I'm really twisting this. I And he's like, I really, I used to think that imaginary worlds were safer, but... Then I went to an imaginary world. Maybe he somehow I think I know where knew you're going. that 
she made out with a doppelganger of his disguised as Julian. And he's like, that's dangerous. We can't touch that. It's too real. Um, or like he, he like imagined being with her and mm-hmm. that was perfectly safe. But yes. now fantasies are being made real. Yeah. And so he's like, I so love that this could all be so long and wrong and people <laughs> listening are like, that's so wrong. But we're like, maybe it's going to be this. <laughs> Please put more creepy cousin stuff in the book. <laughs> but it could be. Yeah, it he's like, because there's like, something I'm, he's not saying. What is he not saying? Well, then he goes into, I have to know. <laughs> he went into, oh my God. Because, because, so like, uh, here's another thing that occurred to me. When Julian was pretending to be Zach, mm-hmm. was Zach seeing that to an extent? That's what I'm wondering. So maybe he saw that and was like, oh, it could the be image, real. So the, the image, image is, is the thing. The thing. Because or I imagined that image and now it's the thing. Mm-hmm. What is it? And then, yeah, and then he, oh my God. So then Come he, on, oh, Smith. I need him to be trying to come to terms with feelings of sexual I just, longing. I need it stated. I need, I I just need, need it stated. I, just, I need to know what the fucking deal is. And I know, I, so if this does happen, I'm guessing there's going to be some kind of bullshit cop out and he's not really her cousin. Ugh. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. You know what? Okay. Because uh, why is Julian telling her that there's, that he's had those thoughts, that he's had thoughts about I know. Jenny? If we're not going to address them. That cannot go unresolved. I need to see it. He's, He's very freaked by his imagination. He is. So something about that has to do, has to do with him wanting to F Jenny. Also with her feeling so close to him. Yeah. Why does she keep why saying she that? Say that? She's why being is she weird? She's being, she's being weird and she's pretending that it's not, it's like, there's like some combination of LJ Smith and Jenny pretending there's not something there yeah. and yet recognizing it. Because she's like, it's just like so crazy weird that we're like, like so close. It's like we share a secret now and I'm like so empathetic We like her. locked eyes and there was like this knowing moment where we both knew that we had cousinly Now we're love. the only ones who like fully understand this. Magritte. This is not a pipe. We have this like Magritte connection now. <laughs> the Magritte connection. That's a great name. The Magritte connection. Um, that's now that's now the term for uh, cousin incest. Mm-hmm. So it's like having an electro complex or an edible complex. <laughs> complex. Now you the have Magritte the Magritte complex. complex. Magritte complex. Uh, they, yeah, I. There has to be something. There's got to be something. There's got to be. Something. I cannot on. wait to read the third I book. I swear to God. If this isn't something, I'm going to burn this book. <laughs> I will burn this book. I will burn it down. Um, however, if it does materialize. This book is not a book. This book is not a story. This, this story is not a story. If this ends up actually materializing into something with Zach and her. Otherwise, why is it Zach and Tom? It's too much of a coincidence. Why both of them? It's too significant. Why? It has to be significant. A cousin is not close it enough for her to care about in a platonic way. Kent. If it does materialize into swear something, to fucking God. I will march around all of Los Angeles to the tune of Teddy Bear Parade. <laughs> I will be so happy. What? <laughs> Teddy Bear Picnic? Did I say Teddy Bear Parade? Well, you did, but Teddy Bear Picnic is such a weird song choice. Like, I knew what you meant. No, what is Teddy Bear Picnic? It's like, <laughs> it's all the teddy bears are getting together and having a picnic. 
like in college, me and my friend Micah and Greg were sitting around deciding what our theme songs would be. Mm-hmm. And Micah assigned Teddy Bear Picnic to me because it's sweet but a little creepy. <laughs> It's like close to that. It's like the teddy bears have a picnic or close to that. My theme song. If you go down in the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. If you go down in the woods today, you'd better go in disguise. For every bear that's so threatening. was will gather there for certain because today's the day the teddy bears have their picnic. But it's interesting there to- is a song called Teddy Bear Parade. <laughs> say what you were going to say, I'll look that Oh, up. that she's singing with a lot of you can tell that she's like sing- trying to make it sound very beautiful and like singing through her mask and yet it sounds creepy it sounds insane it's so chilling so here's teddy bear parade so maybe you met this one but i don't think that you did <laughs> also creepy sound it's even worse <laughs> It's like it's like they're an army now. I can't believe my eyes. It turned into reggae. It turned into like Jimmy Buffett. What is that? Oh man. What the hell? And then we have the very last, which is this. Which is also Teddy Bear Picnic. It's cuter. It's the same thing. I don't get it. No, no, no. Whoa. Hold on. Keep it up in the mic. What this changed into a different song? Where'd all the teddy bears go? All right, so picture, so so LJ follows through on the Zach stuff, and Kelly parades around town to this, <laughs> triumphantly pumping her arms. I'm picturing myself like is that the song? <laughs> two little flags, two little like you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that that's the first song you thought of. Is that the song you meant? Uh, no. I, I actually, okay. I met, I mentioned it a couple days ago. I said that song and no one called me out on it. So I guess I just thought it was a song. I don't remember. I mean, it's, it is a song. It is a song. I don't, when we played all three of those songs, none of them sounded sounded familiar. (laughs) So I was just like, what did you think? What did, what in your mind did it signify that that's the song that you would march around town to when incest was confirmed? <laughs> um, that it was a happy song. Because I think I did say the phrase, I would march around to Teddy Bear Parade. Or maybe Teddy Bear Picnic. Teddy you Bear said, something. You said Teddy Bear Parade. Well, to oh, Ryan. Oh, okay. I said it to Ryan a while back. And she didn't call me out on anything. So I was like, I guess that's a normal song. Well, she was probably just assuming that, yeah, it's a song. Yeah. Because it certainly evokes an idea. But because I know Teddy Bear Picnic yeah. so well... <laughs> Or I mean, at least know of it, even if I couldn't quite mm. sing the tune. 
I was like, no, it's Picnic and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that that song, Picnic, is definitely too slow to march to. Yeah. Too, like, and creepy. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's like, if you go there and you're not in disguise, they will eat you. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you better be careful when you're sneaking around in the yeah. woods. Because you might come across Teddy Bear Picnic where you will be, your flesh will be torn from your Bones. Yeah, yeah, and, you, and your bones will be stuffed into like sinew. Yeah, sinew. <laughs> your sinew will be snapped. Ugh. Anyway, teddy bear picnic incest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait for it. The streets of Los Angeles will never be the same. <laughs> Kelly's gonna get arrested. I'm gonna get arrested, y'all. She didn't get a permit for that picnic song. <laughs> I didn't. I'm gonna be arrested and sued. Oh no. Ugh. Um. So yeah, we want the incest to happen. Hopefully, it does. Third book. Oh, God willing. <laughs> Praise be to Jesus. We are awful, weird people. Yeah, no, we are, but it's okay. It's fun to read about. <laughs> it's it's fun to read about, it's not live. It's so wrong. It's so, uh, it's so gross. It is gross. We like things in books way more than the actual occurrence of oh, it. Oh, there's like a thousand things in books that I love that I don't want in real life. I mean, for one thing, I don't want a shadow man following me around. But no. I do. Yeah, I do. I want to dream about it. Speaking of dreams, <laughs> they all have weird cookie dreams. Yes. Yes, they They've do. They've all got. No, they don't have. It's they're not quite dreams. One of them has it's sort this, of like like the sleep paralysis thing. Yeah, which I've had. Yeah, oh, it was the the figure you yeah. were talking about, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh damn! In that really early episode, Kelly was talking about like seeing a figure at the foot of your bed and how that's a really common thing, mm-hmm. and that happens to. Did you just say who it happens to? No, who does it happen? To? I don't remember. Not Is it Audrey. No, Audrey. Michael. Is the snake licking her throat. Yeah. Must be Michael. Is it Michael? Must Probably be Michael. Um, does Tom even have one, or is it because like he's so he outright like sees the wolf stalking Audrey and Jenny? Uh, he sees the wolf. Yeah. So Wait. he doesn't have like some weird. I don't dream about it because thing. he already knows it's happening. I think. Um. But um. Yeah. So all of a sudden they start experiencing things in the real world. That makes them aware. Oh, and so there's this whole center, this whole like headquarters for trying to locate Summer. Yes. So sad. It is really sad. I'm glad that they didn't drop that though. I'm glad that there was like some real world mm-hmm. ramifications for Summer's death. It's not just like they're mourning her and they had a fake funeral without a body. They're like, a girl is missing and we have to find her. Yeah. Because that's what would happen. And I loved that like they like try to tell the cops the complete truth and they realize they're coming off as like kind of that was an insane idea also jenny Jenny, that would why why would you do that jenny you dummy so then (laughs) cops are not gonna be like thank you for telling us the truth i know the cops are like uh we think you You guys are all like lying about something so then yeah it just makes it seem like they like killed summer in a ritual sacrifices teens totally and then they like talk to abba and she tells him that really interesting folk story mm-hmm. that I really liked, which is that a man is walking around in the wilderness and he sees a skull on the ground. And what? the skull starts talking. And he's like, oh, oh, when they tell the police yeah. and Abba goes in the yeah. police station, I was like, that's not the story, you crazy girl. Yeah. No, <laughs> no so that's a later story. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so they're like, because uh, they, so she basically finds out that they've been telling everyone Everything that happened. Yeah. And she's like, listen, I'm going to tell you this story. This man is walking around in the wilderness and he sees a skull on the ground. And he's, 
just kind of talking to himself. And he says, how did you get here? And the skull says, I came here from talking. Yeah, I got here by talking. I got here by talking. Like that. And he goes, um, and he's like, oh my God, a talking skull. I got to go tell everybody I know about this talking skull. Goes and tells everyone, everyone, everyone. And, they're, and everyone, including the chief of the village, come and they go look at the skull. And they're like, talk, skull. Skull doesn't talk. And, and then, so they, like, what, kill the dude? Yeah, they chop off his head. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and they the leave it out there. And next to the skull. And he got there by talking. Mm-hmm. So then they were like, it's like, shut your mouths. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, of course, they have to explain it to us to make sure we really get it. So Jenny's like, do you mean that we shouldn't be telling yeah. everyone what we think happened? For the most part, LJ Smith is a better writer because she doesn't think we're idiots. But there will be flashes where mm-hmm. she's like, I just don't know if they're going to understand what the story means. Mm-hmm. But so like both they, they start. So they're like, okay, we get it. We'll stop telling people that. So then everyone's like, oh, well, I guess Summer's missing. We're all going to band together as a town and try to find her, which I also love that it feeds into the guilt of Jenny and the friends Mm -hmm. because they're like, fuck, like everyone's fucking looking for Summer. We know she's dead. They're not going to find her. So when they get together, they're like, you know what? We've got to find the crying girl because she knows where the box is. Mm -hmm. So like we've got to start canvassing. Let's just knock on doors and like. Say we're looking for summer. So they go by the center to be like, oh, we're going to go canvassing again. They get some flyers to have an excuse to go to people's houses and ask them about D.B. Sweeney and the Bone Thug in Harmony. Mm-hmm. And um, while they're there, a fucking psychic mm-hmm. comes up to Jenny. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you've seen the magical elf people, but mm-hmm. she thinks they're good. And then she says to Jenny... Like, oh, did you get the message? The message was the word vanished. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but I'm not sh- I can't really hear all the words. I usually just hear the like parts of it. And that's what I put together is I think it's vanished. And then she's like, ta-ta, I have to go in my Mercedes Benz. Yeah, the psychic, psychic was still smiling. The message is vanished. They told me to tell you that. Yeah, vanished the woman, vanished the woman repeated at least I think that was it. Sometimes I only get the vowel sounds. It might have been, who knows? Mm -hmm. I go in my fancy car because I fleece people of their money as a psychic. Mm -hmm. So clearly she is kind of plugged in. She just doesn't like get the full Mm -hmm. picture. Anyway. And when Jenny keeps getting that through phones that only she hears ring. And so she's like, hello, hello, and then just hangs up. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. (laughs) The fucking computer. Yeah, I just got to that. So they're all like, oh, we forgot the part where they run into the kids playing lambs and monsters. That's what I was going to say. Okay. So when they're canvassing, um, she and Audrey are canvassing around um, together. They're they're like, are all paired up. She's like, we'll take this part. You guys take that part, whatever. And they're canvassing and um, Audrey and and Jenny go to this house where all these kids are playing in the backyard. And um, one of the little kids is her little brother, who I actually didn't know she had one until this point. And one of the little kids is Summer's little brother. I think it gets mentioned. I think I just forgot. Just very quickly, Mm -hmm. though. So all the kids are playing and they're playing this game that like, kind of looks like cops and robbers but it isn't yeah so it's it's lambs and monsters kia spoke up if you're a lamb you hide and that's d's little sister 
if you're a lamb, you hide, and then the monster comes looking for you. And if he tags you, then you're captured, and you have to go back to the monster lair. And you have to stay there until another lamb comes and lets you out, or until the monster eats you, Cam put in harshly. Kia's eyes flashed, but he can't eat you until he's got all the lambs there. Every single one. Mm-hmm. That's how she says. <laughs> um, so, gosh, could this be what's going to happen in the book, maybe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's, like, chilled, too, because she's, like, this is a creepy it's game so for kids creepy. to be playing. That's it not totally a game. Is. Yeah, not. that's not a normal kid game. Then there was another image, too, that she sees when she's canvassing that, like, I highlighted because it's so scary. So they keep, like, you know, she she keeps noticing these shadows kind of being weird in the corners of her eyes. And she's just seeing things, like, weirdly. And this is after, or maybe this is the same day where she and Audrey are running away from the wolf and it turns mm-hmm. out to be a quote dog which it wasn't mm-hmm. but whatever um so they're in this house and it's this little girl nori who's just sitting there the whole time that she oh yeah and uh she and audrey are talking to this boy the older, yeah and basically she's trying to say like i need to look out on the eyes of kids and if you find this crying girl please figure out a way from like figure out how i can get in contact with her and he's like okay and she's like, I really need, if you find a paper house, do not touch it. Leave it alone. Um, but if you find this crying girl, tell me. And behind him on a cracked leather sofa, a girl of four or five was sitting with a dog-eared book on her lap. That's Nori. She can't really read yet. I can too. Tilting her face toward the book, although her eyes still remained on her brother, Nori said. Then Little Red Riding Hood says, Grandma, what big eyes you have. Then the wolf says, the better to see you with, my dear. And the whole time they're having this conversation, she keeps um, peppering in what she's reading. Grandma, what big teeth you have. And then it f- f- her, she finishes with, the better to eat you with, my dear. Nori shrieked suddenly, bolting up on the couch. Jenny whirled and dropped her flyers. Nori was standing, eyes wide, mouth pulled into a grimace. For an instant, Jenny saw, not a child, but a small misshapen goblin. That was so scary to me. And then the mother cried, Nori! And Jenny was jerked back to reality. She felt herself turn red as she gathered the flyers. So. It's cool. It was really cool. And so it's not clear, like, obviously Julian is affecting her perception of reality and, like, kind of bringing in uh, aspects of the shadow world into her world now, which was really cool. So then that's when they come across the kids playing lambs and monsters. Mm-hmm. And I like the whole thing about like they're they're going house to house to talk to adults, but really they're looking for kids because the kids see things and they aren't closed off and they can get the like real message to them. Um, so she tells all the lambs and monsters kids about the paper house and to come to her. Then they're walking to their car and the wolf chases them. And then Tom, Tom saves, saves them. them. Mr. Stalker boy. Mm-hmm. And then like he and Jenny almost reconnect and Tom almost comes out of his shell in the car then this song starts playing on the radio and it's a Dan Fogelberg song mm-hmm. um, with the lyric like the songs that the darkness composes to worship the light Jenny and Tom like Jenny recoils thinking of Julian Tom sees something in her that is like ooh Julian mm-hmm and then he's closed off again, and, and she's like, are we going to break up? Maybe we should just break up. And he's like, I don't know, maybe. I guess, okay. And she's like, okay, fine, bye. Because he's already resigned himself to it. 
Okay, so guys, we took a brief break so that I can look up this song. Um, we really did not expect what we found. No. Um, so let's LJ Smith there. is really fucking with us because there's no fucking way this was a radio single. No. So just imagine. Yeah. Okay, so we'll... I'm going to read. Sure. But then something happened. The RX-7's interior was small like an airplane cockpit, and the center console curved out. Tom pulled back a bit in order to kiss her, and his hand or elbow knocked the radio buttons. It must have, because suddenly music spilled into the car. It was a song Jenny's mother sometimes played, an oldie by Dan Fogelberg. She had never really noticed the words before, but now they rang out clearly through the car. And then Jenny recoiled, heart jolting. She's like, no. I was like, oh my God, my panties are wet. <laughs> She's like, mm, Jillian, what? <laughs> After that? And then you guys, this, this fucking like instrumental part goes on for like a minute after that. You guys like, didn't hear it. We were sitting silent to insane. this for like three minutes. It's insane. So you're telling me that this song came on and Jenny went, oh no, this reminds us of Julian. <laughs> This reminds us, so, me and Tom, of it Julian. It is so sweeping. <laughs> it goes on so long like that. Okay, so you are telling me, you're telling me Come that on. Julian, okay, man dressed like a cyberpunk Byronic poet is... This is the song is he chooses to make song? himself known. This song... Can you just picture this is him? the song he chooses to interrupt Tom and Jenny's makeout sesh? <laughs> like the songs that the darkness composes to worship the light. <laughs> She's like, oh no, my heart jolted. She's like, this is the sexiest then, song I know. God, who had thought of that? Who had ever thought of that? What did some 70s songwriter know about darkness worshiping light? She was staring at the radio, transfixed. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw Tom staring at her. Jenny reached out, jabbed at the radio, and the car was plunged into silence. Oh, wow, that was so, so awkward. What? <laughs> what? That changed everything that changed, about I this scene not... for me. I thought it was going to be dark and cool. No, like, this is like... No. <laughs> bong, no. Bong. No, uh-uh, LJ. That was the wrong song that, choice. Did she just like, I was about to say Google song lyrics. She couldn't have, this is so just a song she, she knows. Yeah, she was like, oh, what's a song that I know that has darkness and light? It's like, um, um, so here's here's a song that should have been playing, that should have made them go, oh God, Julian's in the car with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Julian? Here we go.
Now that's a fucking Julian song. That's a Julian song. Come the fuck on, Dan <laughs> Fogelberg. Fucking church bells Vogelberg. and like, <laughs> yeah, a, like, like a, a wind chime from the Discovery Store. Like a darkness that composes to worship And for a lot of the notes, you can tell he's not able to hit them. So he's like, more timpani. Oh, that... That changes mm, a lot. That for scene me. just got so cheesy and terrible. That scene just got terrible. That is not menacing. It, it, it you're, so that came on, and then Tom and Jenny looked at each other, and they were like, "Julian's come between us once again." <laughs> See, here's this thing: it would make more sense to me if Julian was like a trickster god a little bit more, but he is supposed to be like a writhing mass of sex. Yeah, he is supposed to be icy sex personified. Like this song, Just like mm, piercing blue eyes. Yeah, like like ice so cold it's hot again. Yes, ah, <laughs> and uh. then that's what came on. No, that was so disappointing. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no. <laughs> Starts. Oh my god. Oh, and how unacceptable. How long is that song? It is five minutes and 34 seconds. You know what? That, that is, is so long. That's pure hubris. Long. No. Pure hubris. It you is cannot like, tell me you wrote that song. Like, did he write that song? Like, he was like reading some Tolkien and playing Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, and then he wrote that song. Yeah. Uh, oh god. So bad. That, how is that the song? I'm really hung up on this now. I can't. Mm, this has really thrown me. <laughs> this book does seem different now. It does seem different. Like, this whole book was, like, dark sexiness. Yeah. It was, like, mm, danger and sex and darkness and that dre- that gold dress clung to her like it was You know what that song was? Skin. That song was, like, Pippin. We've got magic to do, me and you. We've got magic to do. <laughs> it was like, that was so stupid. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, guys. Oh, we're so sorry. We're still talking about this. But, right? That was traumatic. That was so. I feel traumatized. Here's the thing. With its lameness. I had a very specific oh, image such- of Julian in my head. Like, the type of feeling that I was getting with him. Because this is, like... that's imp- It's implied that he made that song come on, Of right? course it is. Of course it it's is. It's implied, and yet... Oh, my God. I refuse to believe he made oh my that God. song come on. That Okay, so let's just decide here and now. They truly did just accidentally bump the radio. Yeah. And, and you know like, what? She's reading into things too much. Mm, yeah. And so and was really, he. Tom was just like... Like, because you can barely understand the lyrics, even. You can't hear so, them. There's so, so much so, orchestra music. I I think we should decide that it's just they bump the radio, and the song kind of threw them for a loop, and they're like, oh, this, this make-out sesh, I, this is too, I feel weird now. It's really pulled me out of it. Yeah. And I, and, and I would even say that Jenny, she's so paranoid right now. Sure, maybe she was like, ugh. Julian did this yeah, or something. Yeah, she's feeling so guilty. Yeah. And then Tom picks up on her guilt and he's like, well, of course and she's that's feeling what guilty. going on. And it, meanwhile, Julian's like Julian's doing something elsewhere. else. He's not Julian's involved. Julian's not even paying attention. He doesn't even know. Julian is like, 
mm, in a lair with a wolf and a snake. Yeah. And he's like, mm, thinking about Jenny. Yeah, and he's, he's like, hoping that she'll go outside and make her dress all wet. Yeah, and send and it to him. him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like busy, like shining his boots with the spit of that wolf. He is yeah. like, he's like, he is, he's sitting on a throne. Yeah. Made of ice. Yeah. He's lacing up his little like lace up top. Uh huh. Or he's sitting and it's undone. Oh, it's sitting it's and undone. it's undone. He's sitting as an icy pecs you know are revealed. Okay. And then there's a wolf at his feet. There's a wolf. And, and the he's just snake like is petting like, it. Like, like kind of on his suggestively. shoulder. Oh, he's petting in the And wolf. he's like, I'm going to pet Jenny like this. Oh, he's like, this could be you, Jenny, mm, but you planned. Yeah. And the, uh, and the snake is like uh, writhing around his arm. Yeah. In, oh. a, in a spiral. Right. Oh, but the sleeve like, is kind of like coming open and undone. Mm-hmm. On yeah. The, yeah. Oh, it's like it's rolled up uh, to his elbows. Yes. Yes. And his, his like white, hot punk hair. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's so hot. on his head. And he's like, mm, in time, my dear. Yeah. No idea that he this has fucking no idea about no this, idea whole about this situation. Dan Fogelberg <laughs> fucking nonsense. He's like, I'm not even like in that car with you at yeah. all. He's like, mm, he's I'm taking like, some time for him. I've taken the ring mm-hmm. to the blacksmith. I'm having him like reinforce yeah, it. Sure. I'm just gonna etch this engraving further. He's like, I'm put. I have to put in a call to the florist. Just like I, I got a. I have to put it. I, I have to arrange yellow. those those magical yellow flowers at the florist. He's like, mm, I'm gonna get a bigger cod piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, no, he is not in that car. Uh, All right, we gotta move on. We Fuck have that to. fucking scene. So each of the fucking uh, teens are experiencing their own strange phenomena. Uh, Jenny is working away at this IBM clone. It's not a real IBM. Or Which IBM. is such a weird. Or is that just what? That just must have been a normal thing that yeah. the computers were called. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it would be like a generic. Generic computer. It would be like an Acer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be, be like an Acer. <laughs> so she's like typing her name and she hits J and it just starts. It's stuck. The computer is just typing J at her. And like, didn't you get the sense that the color of the screen was just the color of Julian's eyes? Yeah, that's what she mm-hmm. kind of, I think she yeah, might yeah, have yeah. So the Oh, color, maybe that's why that's in The color head. of the screen is his eyes and it's. The white text. So we all know that screen. Um, and it's just capital J. And it won't stop. And it's not wrapping either. So it's just infinitely going. And she's... Oh, before that is when Jenny figures out that the the voice on the other end of the phone is not saying vanished. It's, it's saying, saying famished, famished. Which is fucking hot. Yeah. Mm. He's starving for her. Starving for her. Not in a damn Vogelberg way. <laughs> In and, a fucking Bowie way. Yeah. In a let's dance way. So the J won't stop and she starts panicking and she uh, unplugs the keyboard or unplugs. Yeah. Unplugs the yeah. keyboard. Uh-huh. That's still not going. Working. Oh, bitch to her side is like, you unplugged the keyboard. We're not supposed to She's do like, it. teacher, teacher, mm, Jenny's Jenny doing this. Unplugged the keyboard, which does absolutely nothing. And then she turns off the computer like from the tower. And nothing happens. Still the J's. Still going. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Then a pop and all of the lights go out and everything's completely dark. And she feels something slithering on her leg. Well, first she hears like the feeling or the sound of something dry rubbing against the ground towards her. Yeah. Let me see if I can try to do it. That's the sound of the thing. Oh, 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 yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that tracking? Or, oh, oh. 
<laughs> Kelly and, and I are just staring at each other very like, intent, is this like, it? Is, is this, this it? it? Anyway, that was our segment, Adventures in Foley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, and then she feels it like rub up against her leg and she's like, Ooh! and then the lights come back on and she looks down and it's a keyboard cord, which she's kind of like, mm, that was it. Sure. That was it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Creating bottles in my mind, like Michael said. Which uh, oh, yeah, they all jump some on real, that like cognitive science that he's trying to force here to explain everything. Yeah. Oh, I love the scenes of everybody having their scary moments. Yes. It they are good. They're so much better than the rooms. And they're brief, but they're so much better they're than the so rooms scary. in the first book. So Jenny so after Jenny um like has this moment, she's like, right, right, it's just models, because Michael had been pushing this idea of models. And um Basically, I don't remember what his theory was. It was just like if you if you have created a model in your mind of what you think is happening. So if oh, like you cognitive dissonance, basically. Mm, not quite. Oh, because you're thinking never mind. It's um it's I guess a little, but I was taught that cognitive dissonance is when you Oh, I guess that is the same I feel like it's thing. um gray yeah, gray like, and elephants so you, though. It's no. like yeah. it's not the same, it's same not, but it's, it's like not. it can be the same but isn't always the same. Yeah. So this is like if you have decided something scary is going on, then anything that happens to you will reinforce that. Yeah. Because your confirmation bias will be like, well, exactly. It's that. Ugh, yeah. it's that. So she so then she gives him a call. She gives Michael a call after this happens and she's like, you know what? You were right. You're so right. I uh. thought about it. That's like, what it was. I thought it was a snake and it was a keyboard cord. And he's like, great. He's like, um, mm-hmm. That's what it was. And he's like, uh, Jenny. And she's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, mm, never, never mind. mind. Hangs up. And then we get his scary moment. Yeah. And then he, like she had called and he was sure that something was looking at him. And he's like, but that's not, that's not what it is. Right. And he kept thinking that something was moving right outside his stuck- oh, second yeah. floor apartment window. Here it is. Michael stared at the cordless phone he'd just clipped off. Then he glanced uneasily at his bedroom window. He wondered if he should have told Jenny, but Jenny had enough to worry about. Besides, there was no reason to do anything to tarnish his own brilliant theory. It was just battle fatigue, and he was as subject to it as anyone else. Stress, tension, in his own case combined with a rather nervous temperament. Michael had always claimed to be an unashamed coward. That would account for the feeling he'd had all day of being watched. And there was nothing really moving outside that window. It was a second floor apartment after all. Yikes. So it begins. So it begins. And then, then we, we get Audrey. Audrey. She gets her figure at the end of the bed. No, Audrey has her sleep. Oh, I mixed it up again. Yeah. Sleep licking. Yep. So she Audrey gets like a little lick on the throat. Yeah. She's like dreaming that she's a lovely cat and she's being licked. And then she wakes up and she still feels the licking. Big cat. And she reaches <clears throat> to the back of her neck and her neck is wet. And then that a would be strange the wolf, musky though. smell. It's the it's the wolf. Yeah, a strange musky smell fills the room. Oh, D is the figure, and then it's above her. It's above her. There's I another. Like that there's a Bruce Lee poster. Yeah, she's like fuck you, Bruce Lee, and she tears it off the yeah. wall where the figure poked out from. And that was that figure was pretty scary because so she's laying down and where her headboard is above the headboard. Is the Bruce Lee poster. So it's coming out of the yeah, wall over and her. And peeking down at her. That is horrifying. Yeah. That's so scary. Yeah. If you saw like a face upside or like a dark yeah. figure hanging upside down and looking at you. Mm. And you're in the middle of the night. Over a place it couldn't possibly be. 
And so she she wakes up and and like flips the lights on. All of them, I love that all of them like freak out, wake up and turn on all the lights cuz that's yeah. such well, a feeling that we all get. Do that. Yeah. Um and then Zach. Is Zach's the figure? Why do we keep thinking somebody has a figure at the end of their bed? Yeah, cuz Zach's is the is the 12 point buck that's mm-hmm. hanging over his face. Yeah. And then he I'm a dummy. He wakes up and then runs out and then checks and the 12-point buck is still hanging in the other room. Mm-hmm. But he also turns on all the lights. Because yeah, um, they're in the shadows. And of course, Michael is, oh, you know why? It's because he says the word dark figure in your room. So Yeah, I probably was just. Hypnopompic hallucination, Michael said to Dee the next morning. That's when you think you've woken up, but your mind is still dreaming. The dark figure in your room is a classic example. They, may, they even have a name for it. The old hag syndrome, because some people think it's an old lady sitting on their chest, paralyzing them. Right, Dee said. Well, that's what it must have been then, of course. Same with you, Zach, Michael said, turning to look to him. Only yours was a hypnagogic, yeah, hypnagogic hallucination. You thought you weren't asleep yet, but your brain was in la-la land already. And they're all so eager to believe him. Yeah, they're just like, oh, okay. Even though Audrey's like, then why was my throat wet? They all kind of like sail past it without totally yeah. addressing He's that. Like, and they're like, uh, hey, did you hear about that dead body? Yeah, they're like, hey, Gordy's dead. <laughs> and Tom had gone to check it out. La, la, la. Oh, yeah, Tom's in the creek bed. And he finds some gooey substance, some, like, which is black. black. red gook. But then, yeah, when he, like, spreads it out thin, it's red. And he's mm-hmm. like, mm, this seems like blood. Um, everyone is falling apart because they yeah. are constantly riddled with fear, bad sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seeing things. And I love that Julian's just like tormenting all of them. Yeah. I love that. And then, so Cam comes to her, Summer's little brother, and is like, oh, I know where the crying girl lives. They visit the crying girl, Angela. Mm-hmm. And Angela shows them the shed in the back where her and PC would make out. Mm-hmm. And where they'd hide out after they stole some stuff. And they find the paper house destroyed, and they know that PC and Slugger are dead. Yeah. And it's just the house. There's no dolls. There's no ring. Yep. Oh, and they see the the rune. The rune for right. crossing the border between worlds. But the way it looks is that it's kind of like, like lopsided, a like a J, and it looks a little like a signature. So everybody's finally very sure that... Julian's back in town. Mm-hmm. But then Denny's like, oh, right, I have to go to prom with Brian. Oh, right. Brian. And so she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like Brian Detlinger. And she totally forgets. And Brian's like, hey, what color is your dress? So I can match it. And she's like, or she was calling to, to say no. To say no. <laughs> and then he's like, what color is your dress? I'm so excited. And then Audrey says, Fake tell gold. him it's gold. And she goes, gold? Oh, no, that's my sex dress. <laughs> yeah, okay, first of all, she's like, that's my dress that's liquid sex. Uh-huh. But she she felt too bad, and she couldn't break it off with Brian. Yeah, so now, so. Jenny going to prom in a sexy dress. And this is senior prom, not junior prom, so mm-hmm. it's very different it's for her. It's very important. So here's the dress part. <laughs> she picked up, oh, wait, where is it? Hang on. Okay, it just describes the dress. All right, she picks up the liquid gold again. It was the dress. The material was gold foil, which showed a subtle pattern of flowers and leaves when the light hit it the right way, almost like tapestry. The colors were were rich and shimmering, and the thin fabric was silky soft. Audrey had been crazy over it, but Audrey only wore black and white. You have to get it, she told Jenny. 
tilting the shining fabric back and forth under the lights and ignoring the bevy of trailing saleswomen. Saleswomen always trailed when Audrey shopped. So Jenny had bought it, but she'd been right. Tom wouldn't let her wear it to the junior prom. Oosh, yikes, Tom. It was too short, too clinging, molding itself to her like a shining skin. Her legs looked as long as D's underneath. Now she put it on and reached for a brush. She bent over, brushing, then stood, flipping her hair back. She ran her fingers through her hair to fluff it. Then she stepped to the full-length maple mirror. She had to admit it. The dress was a masterpiece, a glittering, shameless work of art. Her hair was a mass of dark gold around her face, different from her usual soft look. Her entire image seemed touched with gold. She looked like a crown princess. She felt like a virgin sacrifice. Oh, Damn. Way to end it. I forgot like about that virgin line. Sacrifice. I loved that line. Also, I I know that I, I I know that in general I feel bad for Tom, but I didn't like that he didn't let her wear the dress. Exactly. But that's that's, but that's in that line old with, Tom? Yeah, the old Tom where he's he was like a little bit controlling, kind of taking her for granted that she'd always be there. Mm-hmm. He liked her to look a certain way and she did that cuz she loved him. And now Jenny's coming to her own. Mm-hmm. And Tom's like, fuck, I'm going to lose her. I already have lost yeah, her. Yeah, that's true. And, oh, there was a, a note that I had for something that um, the way that he describes having, this is a little bit from before, mm-hmm. but he describes having seen her in the other place. And I felt I, like there's so many of these descriptions of like the feelings people have about like the feeling that Jenny has when she sees Julian in her world, I thought mm-hmm. was amazing when she says that he seems like he's more real than the world around yeah. her. And then this part when Tom is t- describing Jenny, he'd seen her in that other place, inside that paper house that had turned real. She'd been so brave and so beautiful it made his throat hurt, which is like- Oh, that's interesting. That's such a good description because like- Yeah, your yeah. your throat gets like a lump in it. Mm-hmm. Or when she's like, um, in, in toward the end when- Jenny's describing the feeling of like the burst of love that she feels for Tom in a moment. And Mm -hmm. it's like that her chest is like aching. Mm -hmm. Like these descriptions are so good. So on point. That reminded me that uh, Jenny um, now like the whole world seems more vivid to her. Like colors seem more colorful. Smells are smellier. Yeah. Like colors um, are more color, smells are oh, smellier. That whole part where she strips down and she just floats in her pool. Yes, she goes that skinny was dipping. Cool. She she does like a ritual to make herself feel better, and she just like stands yes. naked in the moonlight and then dips yeah. into the cold pool and just feels all of like just the sensations. Yeah, and when like the where she like feels the coolness all around her. Where yeah, she's like it's like pressing on all sides of her. I yeah. loved that. And it's like Jenny knows that she's different. I think LJ Smith is a woman that has lived life and knows how to like and is like very in touch with like feelings and like sensations and can put them into She's a good writer. <laughs> well, there are some people yeah. who I'm like aren't who like some writers who you can tell are not observant about their own or like, like totally connected. Yeah, or like even like physical manifestations of feeling. Mm-hmm. Like of, of like emotion. Some people don't even bother. It's very weird. Like sometimes I'll just be talking to someone and I'm like, "Oh, you know that feeling of like this?" And I'm like, "I've never felt that." And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like it's interesting. And she's a, she's just a good writer, and I think we're kind of yeah. thirsty for that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because again, in this book, like 
Jenny's friends are fucking awesome because yes. again, they know all of their lives are threatened. Yes. They're like, don't you dare give in to him. Don't you dare. You are playing this game. We are playing it with you. We yeah. are there with you to the to the end. And D even says, like, don't you ever give up for yeah. a man. Do not ever do that. And I was yeah. like, yes. I was, it was like, amazing. Again, it was like, ugh. When a woman writes a woman. And then, of course, Coward Michael's like, well, and everyone's like, what? And he's like, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) And he sees sees which way the wind is blowing. And he's like, no, I I wasn't going to say anything. So so she, like, has her gold dress. And in walks Brian. Is that his name? Yeah, Brian. So Brian's like, oh, my goo, you look beautiful. (laughs) And she's like, and she's like, I know. And then, like, opens the corsage thing and it's these beautiful lightest lemon yellow miniature roses and she's like oh my god these are beautiful and he's like oh i think the florist messed up because like, like i didn't even know what your dress looked yeah, like so it's like white and like i accidentally ordered them for my old girlfriend i mean for you um so and she's like oh it's fine puts them on they go to the you know uh, not to derail where the book is headed but <laughs> I was thinking about the fact we usually put on kind of a dumb voice for the heroines, and that definitely felt appropriate for Jenny in the first book, mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, my God, the riddles I can't. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like that belongs to Jenny anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm reading what she's saying or thinking, I don't feel compelled to be like, I don't know. It's a <laughs> like, with Jenny now, it feels like, well, I knew what was up. Or also, like— She I, feels like a real— Yeah. She feels cool. Yeah, she now. feels very like um, everything feels brighter, like like sharper. Yeah, like, like that. Kind I'm of, connected. I'm connected. I know a different life. Yep. And then in comes fucking dopey ass Brian. Yeah. He's like, I, you look great. Poor Brian. <laughs> Poor Brian. He has no idea. He's just like oh so excited. God, you she looks so amazing. You, you look so really. Thank you for saying yes to me. Friar Tux happened to have an extra golden <laughs> cummerbund, so Friar I'm glad Tux. we could match. <laughs> oh. I'm so honored. It's a privilege and an honor, Jenny. (laughs) And she's like, "Mm, thanks. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry I said yes to you. This isn't fair to you. And the whole time she's like, God, I really feel bad for leading this guy on. Yeah. And... And I like that she's cognizant of that. And I like that also yeah, he and seems it's not fairly even respectful. Really that she led him on. It's that like, oh, I didn't realize the depth of your interest in me. I thought it was okay for us to just have kind of like a one-off date. Yeah. And now I see that that is not what's going on. Yeah. And also she's kind of like, I just don't really want to be here. So she's like, I mean, this is a pretty like prom. It's very beautiful. And everything looks very magical, but like I don't really want to be here with you. Yeah, like she is struck by how like elegant mm-hmm. the prom is. It's very elegant. It's so elegant. It's in a hotel. Mine was in a hotel. Mine was at uh like a it was like a VA center or something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like in TV and movies, it's always in a fucking gym. It's mine re- was in a hotel. All yeah, it's vi- in TV and movies. Proms are pretty much always at the school. And yeah. Every single year for our school, it was always offsite. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No, that was, I'm sorry. When I was a sophomore and I went to senior prom, it was there. When I was a senior, it was at the California Science Center. It was oh. Really cool. Cool. It was very cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, before we uh, get to the fucking awesome dance mm-hmm. uh, and the second half of the book, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And welcome back. On to the dance. Uh, so when Jenny walks in, I just want to read the description of where they are. 
So as Jenny got out of the limo, she began to realize something. The senior prom was like a junior prom some fairy godmother had waved a hand over. Not my experience, but okay. Yeah. Everything grander, bigger, more glittery, more grown up. It was scary, but kind of wonderful. They walked between marble columns into an enchanted wood. Acres of, <laughs> acres of Italian marble, huge urns of flowers, all arranged in exquisitely simple good taste. Persian carpets, silk wall coverings, bohemian crystal chandeliers. When they finally reached the ballroom, Jenny drew in her breath. It was fabulous in the old sense, meaning like something out of a fable, like a castle. The ceilings were incredibly high with huge chandeliers and deep recesses. That's enough. <laughs> anyway, I really liked that that line. It was fabulous in the old sense, meaning yeah. like something out of a fable. Yeah. Because I never really thought about that being what that means. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we find out, or I think we found that out earlier, but I wasn't thinking about it. Uh, it's a midnight masquerade. So they have masks. Yeah. And she's like, mm, I don't feel like putting one on, but... Uh, as soon as I was like, oh, masks are involved, where is Julian? Yep. And uh, so the, she finds out about the roses. Brian says, yeah, well, I have to confess. Oh, wait. These flowers are beautiful, she said hastily. They were. The roses had a pale gold shimmer, unlike anything she'd ever seen. And they sell, smelled so sweet, it almost made her giddy. Yeah, well, I have to confess. I can't take credit for them. I ordered white ones for I mean, I ordered plain white ones. The florist must have screwed up, but it turned out great. Jenny stirred. For some reason, prickles of unease were touching her delicately. Mm, is it because your underworld boyfriend's there? <laughs> <laughs> so she's like dancing with Brian a little bit, and she's like, I can't concentrate yeah, on Brian right now. She keeps realizing that it's just a bad idea. But then, but then, uh, she some new guy cuts in, and she's like, oh, good, I can step away from Brian for a bit. And here it is. She and the new guy had swayed a little swayed a little away from the other dancers. He actually seemed to know something about dancing, or at least he was semi-mobile. It was darker here near the balcony. Jenny felt strangely isolated. And it was curious, but everything seemed to have slowed. The music had changed. The band seemed to have segued into another slow dance, a haunting melody by some female vocalist Jenny knew but couldn't put her finger on at the moment. Otherworldly. Weird of them to do that without giving people a chance to change partners. Weird melody, too, but beautiful. It was music that got into your blood, that made you feel strange. Jenny was feeling very strange. Time seemed to be stretching. She didn't want to look up because that was bad manners unless you wanted to be kissed. Mm, I've never mm, heard of okay. okay. And Jenny didn't, whatever kind of music it was, safer just to keep her head down. And then, oddly, there was no one on the balcony. Jenny would have thought it would have been crammed body to body. But there was nobody here, or at least nobody sh she could see in the dark. Her partner was leading her toward the darkest corner. I shouldn't go. Oh, God, I'm going to have to say, mama, mama, mama. But she couldn't seem to resist. Here on the balcony, she could feel the night air just faintly cool on her arms and the back of her neck. The music seemed distant. She could no longer make out words, only single notes, pure and clear as drops of water falling into a still pool. Sorry I'm reading so much of this, but it's good. <laughs> falling slowly. Jenny had the queer feeling that she herself was falling. Na, 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 na. Sound of the waves, an eerie sound, Jenny thought. Her mind strangely muddled, a formless, featureless, endless sound like white noise. 
All at once she was awake, awake with chills sweeping over her and icy terror in her stomach. Blah, blah, blah. Then at last she tried to pull away, but her partner wouldn't let her. She was held in a grip of steel. One of his arms was trapping her arms. The other was holding the back of her head. She couldn't move. Skip. She could see a strand of her partner's <laughs> hair now <laughs> above a shirt collar as black as his tux. She hadn't realized that before. He was all in black, but his hair was blonde, blonder than Brian's, blonder even than Cam's, almost white, as white as frost or icicles or mist, as white as winter, white as death. A voice whispered in her ear, famished, not like that, longer, famished. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was on board! Oh, man. She knows she knows as soon as she oh, but I love I love when he actually starts speaking. So her first thought was that she should have been more prepared, but there was no way to prepare for Julian. He was always a shock to the senses. His eyes behind the black mask were like liquid cobalt. His entire face was shadowed. His hair shone in the dimness, as white as moonlight on water. He wasn't like a human. He was sharper, fiercer, brighter than any human could be, more real which was strange since this was supposed to be the real world. He was in her world now, not even in some halfway place like the Moore game store. He was here walking around capable of anything. And just now he radiated menace, danger. Jenny's heart was beating so hard and erratically that she thought she might shatter. Yellow roses mean infidelity, you know, he said casually. Love it that his real so she first hears the famished, but then when he actually speaks, it's like hella casual. He's like, you know, yellow roses mean infidelity, and that's why I got them for you. Uh, oh damn! Uh, it was that musical and elemental voice, like water running over rock, but that didn't really give any sense of its beauty or its coldness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're Papa's talking. bringing home a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that is so not the line <laughs> that goes with what just happened. It's like, mm, his voice was musical and elemental. <laughs> Papa's, Papa's bringing home, home a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> So, here's why this is uh, fucking awesome, besides all of that awesome writing, is that she has now written the masquerade ball from Labyrinth that I wanted. Yeah. This. I wanted this. Uh, uh, Thank you. So, we're just going to listen to a little bit of Bowie singing As the World Falls Down, which is the song in the masquerade ball. They're dancing. This is the song that comes on, except it's not female. Do we do the dialogue? Oh, yeah, do the dialogue. Yellow roses mean infidelity, you know. You sent them. Of course. Didn't you know? She'd been so stupid. 
Why don't you just do it? Go ahead and kill me. Is that what I want to do? It's what you did to Gordy Wilson. (laughs) Not personally. But it's what you brought me here for, isn't it? Just go ahead and do it. Get it over with. All right. He said and kissed her. And I love that right after, Uh, all right, he said and kissed her. Oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh. She thought she'd remembered how it was with Julian, how it felt to be kissed by him. Her memories had lied. Or maybe this kind of thing was too strong for memory to be anything but a shadow of it. In one instant, she was transported back to the paper house, back to the shock she'd felt at his first touch. When Tom held her, back in the old days, when Tom still loved her, his arms had made her feel safe comforted. Julian didn't make her feel safe at all. She was trembling instantly, falling, soaring, the electricity he carried around with him flooding into her, tingling, tingling in every nerve ending, sweet shocks that sent her mind reeling. Oh God, I can't. It's wrong. It's wrong. He's evil. I can't feel anything for him. I told Tom I didn't feel anything. Her body didn't listen to her. He wants to kill me. But he was kissing her as softly as twilight. Tiny sweet kisses and long ones that turned wild, as if they were lovers reunited instead of hunter and prey. And Jenny was kissing him back. Spicy pesto. Oh, Oh. no. Wrong (laughs) phrase. (laughs) Kelly. Not the phrase. Oh, my God. Julian said as if quoting, this ring, the symbol of my oath, will hold me to the words I speak. All I refuse and thee I choose. Yeah. And it ends up back on her finger. Yeah, she's like, wait, what? Damn, that ring is back. If darkness had taken on a face and a voice, if the powers of night had gathered themselves together and formed themselves into a human being, they would have made something like Julian. And she was his. Oh, yeah. Bride of the devil. Mm. Love it. Love it. Uh, this is like, God. This is what Labyrinth should have been. Honestly. I want so much more of this. And like, I feel like the thing that like a lot of... uh like modern YA is missing out on because they try to make love too sweet. There's no real danger. This is fucking it's hot, too dude. Precious. This, this is, is hot. Like, it is dangerous. Danger. He Dark is gonna take her back to the underworld. He's come to claim her. Oh my he god. He don't want to kill her. No. He wants to own her. Also, when she's like, do what you came so here to do. That was hot to me. Oh my god. Do what you came here to do. He says, okay, and kiss her. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> Oh. So, yeah. So then, and then he, he offers her a new game. Yeah, he's like, fine, new game. Uh, we're going to play Lambs and Monsters. Ooh. And then he's like, um, I'll give you a clue. I'm going to go after Little Red Riding Hood first. Mm-hmm. Bye. And disappears. And it's Audrey. It's Audrey. 
And who saves the day when Audrey's about to fall in a vortex because <laughs> she's being driven there by a wolf? Stocky Stockerson. Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom's been crawling around in that seagrass. Stockerson himself <laughs> crawling around that seagrass. He's just been popping his head out waiting for something to happen. Mm, so spicy. He's so spicy. So he, like, she's, like, basically being herded by this wolf into this vortex hole. Last unicorn, baby. She, yes. She's about to fall in. Tom Red just wolf. tackles her out of the way. The wolf falls down its own hole. Bloop. That felt like way. an earned cliffhanger and then pulled into safety. Mm-hmm. That was earned. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just some bullshit cliffhanger and then she's okay. No, it was actually That was an like, actual action scene. Yes. It was like very stressful and scary. I really liked it. I was like, oh, Audrey's going to fall in this vortex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he tackles her out of the way and she's safe for now. Um, and they figure out that the wolf hasn't even hurt the date that she was walking on the beach with. The date, the wolf just wanted her. Yep. Just getting her in that vortex. Mm-hmm. They have to gather at Michael's. Yeah. And they're all like, okay, you know, and, and the thing Jenny I also explains love, the deal. Jenny explains the whole thing, but she leaves out the kissing. Mm-hmm. And um, and the thing I also loved was that they are all fucking smart about this. Like they're like, okay, no one be to- alone. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to yeah, be. Yeah, they together don't do that always. bullshit horror movie thing. Yes. And then yeah, this is where they're like, you are not giving in to this fucker. Yeah. But so then they basically are like, okay. So he wants to play Monsters and Lambs with us, which means he wants to get each of us into his world, his base. Yeah, we the lambs. We got to get to his yeah. base. So they're like, we better find the base before so we can win. I like the clues in this one. These weren't some bullshit kiss riddles. Mm-hmm. I like. So they're all in the. In the it, midst of the word she was trying to say, in the midst of her laughter and glee, she had softly and suddenly vanished away. Where the snark was a boojum, you see. So that's from Alice in Wonderland. Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll. And they realize, oh, you know what? It's she instead of he. And they realize that Audrey has gone off into the kitchen by herself. Disappeared. And yeah, there's a weird smell and there's a burn mark on the floor. And there's Audrey's paper doll. With the arm up. It's good. I love that the paper dolls are popping up there. Yeah, that's really interesting. So then... They're like, oh, shit, this is real. So Audrey's gone. Audrey is in the Vortex world. So now we really got to stick together. Mm-hmm. Tom is warming up to Jenny again, but then he notices the ring on her finger, and it's right back to being morose, give her upper. Yeah, and she can't take it off. She, like, tries to take it off. It won't come off. Mm-hmm. Because it's magic. Duh. And Duh, Jenny. Word oath. Yeah. Um. So then they try and do the, like, everybody lie to everybody's parents, say we're working on a project. And that yeah. seems to work. And then that's where, so they're going to Zach's to try to make that work for him. That's where we get the weird Zach scene where he mm-hmm. should have, he and Jenny should have been creepy. Yeah, they should have been creepy. Um, but da- dad comes in and Zach can't leave. So then Zach's like, it'll be fine. I'll see you guys tomorrow. But he's, it's not even like that. He's just very resigned to being taken. He's just, he what doesn't seem up? to care. And like, and we talked about this before. There's something up, and I, yeah, because that part where he's talk, like he briefly talks about, hmm, he briefly talks about the imaginary games they would play as kids, and the uh, but he's also he keeps talking about imaginary things and images being made real. Mm-hmm. Maybe they played this game when they were little. Maybe, maybe I, Zach played Julian with her. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. 
I need to know what happened. I want that to be the case. Oh my God. It's like, what if he played Julian and he feels responsible? Because he's like, the image can't be made real. Oh my God. Ugh. It'd be a good way to go. Just a suggestion, LJ. Just a suggestion. This book if you're wondering how to bring the third book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so she's like, all right, I guess, like, he's like, just, uh, you know, tell everyone what happened and um, I'll see you later. And she's like, okay, bye. I mean, see you later. But she knows something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So everybody's at the place and um, uh, they see Abba again. That's right. Then they get a new story. Um, well, actually, food. <laughs> first, first, they get another clue. Well, they get the clue oh, that she lets has them a, know that <gasps> Zach is gone. Right. So, well, oh, first, and she's, his clue is interesting. Yes. Well, also, so she is having dreams where Julian, at this point, Julian is visiting her in her dreams. So I loved this. So this is right after they've left Zach. Jenny woke up with a start and thought, hypnopompic hallucination? I think I'm awake, but I'm still dreaming. Julian was leaning over her. Tom, she cried, turning to to see him lying on the floor beside her, his breathing deep and even. Her cry didn't wake him. Don't bother. It's only a dream. Come in the other room where we can have a little privacy. Jenny, who was wearing her own sweatsuit tonight instead of Michael's, pulled her blanket up higher. He gives her another clue. He he talks to her about Magritte. Yeah, he says it's about, so he hands her a book, The Human Condition. It's about world and thought, world being the world you see, and thought being everything else, image as opposed to reality. He smiled at her. That's a hint, incidentally. Oh, my gosh. So already red flags, red mm-hmm. flags, red flags. And she's like, Ooh. Wakes up to an open book, contemporary poetry, and sees the line, Once I saw world and thought exactly meet, but only in a picture by Magritte. And then she goes, oh, God. Magritte, Zach. Mm-hmm. Zach is gone. And then we get to see Zach's experience, seeing the snake waiting for him. And the thing is, he's not ever really that scared. He knows it's coming. He knows. And so he feels he feels the snake going up his legs, and he's like, ugh, I'm just hallucinating. I'm going to go to the garage and do some work. Oh, and he tries to take a picture of the snake. Yeah. Like, that's his thought. He's like, his last thought before he's taken is, oh, I'll just take a picture of it. And then they arrive too late and find his paper doll in a circle of soot on the floor. Paper doll with gray eyes. So, of course, Jenny feels very mm-hmm. guilty. Of course she does. I thought there was something weirder with his disappearance, but I guess not. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Oh, well. I mean, it is weird. I mean, it's just a bummer that he's like so resigned to it. Yeah. So she keeps reporting her dreams, but of course leaving out yeah, any of the kisses because she's making out with him every single time. Oh my God. And then that's when they see Abba. And then Abba tells the story of a girl and a boy who loved each other. What's Julian's name in the story? Algenu, the prince of the Algenu. Il- Iblis. His name is Iblis. I- Iblis, Iblis, I guess. He's the prince of the Algenu, which are genies. Yeah, so Iblis comes along, cuts off the boy's head. The girl and the boy's parents are stricken with grief. Iblis comes back and says, if you would like to bring your son back to life, all you have to do is swim through three rivers to get him. Uh, A river of fire, fire, water, water, and snakes. And then snakes, yeah. So we know that Jenny's going to have to do this to save everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, and oh, and the girl does it and is reunited with the guy and he's okay. And she, everyone's mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? And she's like, I don't know. I just thought I'd tell you. <laughs> what do you mean, what does that mean, you dummy? Yeah. <laughs> you know what that means. 
You know the girl is Jenny. Come on. So then they go back to the to Michael's dad's apartment because Michael's dad is out of town. So they can use his apartment as like a base of operations. And um, they took Audrey's car because to make it look like Audrey really was studying for a project. And they were like, someone was like, hey, Audrey's, uh, one of Michael's dad's neighbors knocks on the door and is like, hey, can you move that car to my parking spot? So they have to move it to a garage downstairs. So they're like, well, no one should go alone. So Dee and Michael go move the car. So they go to move the car. Oh, and Jenny knows Dee is next because she gets a little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey. And uh, Dee was just eating some cottage cheese. Sitting on a little stool. Sitting on and a stool. She's, and the spider, the car, is a spider. Mm-hmm. And she looks, and, and the, the letter or the note is written to her on, like, with a finger on a window that's for some reason covered in ice. Yep. She looked right beside her along. Came a spider. Mm-hmm. She's in the spider. She gets taken. I like how Tom is like, well, fuck, if D can get taken, we're all fucked. Yeah, I know. And I like that D like, tried to save Michael. Because Michael's mm-hmm. too big of an idiot to get out of the car. Poor Michael. Poor Michael. He's too He's scared. really struggling. <laughs> so they're driving and Dee kind of notices, like feels a presence behind her. And there's a strange smell. And I'm then still bummed out by Dee's total lack of fear. I want I her to be a badass, but she should at least be afraid and, and like show a reflection of the stakes. That's the thing. She seemed to always She's be thrilled. into it. I, I wonder if we'll see that in the next book because we did see a glimpse of her fear for sure. She was terrified. She gets beaten back book. by the fire. Oh, that's true. The fire. And in the first book, she was really scared of the aliens. Yeah, but then nothing else. She's yeah. just raring for, raring to go I'd like to for a fight. S- I'd like to see a bit of humanity in her for the next. Yeah, I like, hope that getting blown back by the fire yeah. and sort of ending up weak in Jenny's arms. Mm-hmm. And then her not wanting everybody to jump through the fire, her thinking Jenny is wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's take on this challenge mm-hmm. that maybe it'll be a little different. Totally. Yeah. Um, but so Michael and Dee are driving in the car. And is it the wolf that's in the backseat? It's both the wolf and the snake. And the snake. Tom is like, they needed both to get Dee. Right. That's right. And Michael's like, Ugh. and she's like, get out of the car. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. so then she just stomps <laughs> on the accelerator, pushes him out of the car, and then tumbles out of the car herself. Car crashes into the wall. She just goes sprinting off and basically like is like, all right, I'm ready to fight these things. But unfortunately, they they didn't want to fight. They wanted they her in to the take vortex. Her. So they take her in the vortex. Mm-hmm. And then Tom goes off to kill the wolf and the snake, which is pretty cool. That's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Good for Tom. And then Michael gets taken by a toilet. Oh, yeah. Poor Michael. That is such a sad. So he had oh, like he the is a lamest. Turd. <laughs> he is a turd. He's just flushed down. He had the lamest fear with the plants in the first book. And now he's like, mm, you'll make me go. The toilet's like a hole. And he gets taken in the toilet. Yeah. So and, embarrassing. And like in the moments leading up to that too, he starts kind of losing his mind. He can't stop laughing. Very yeah. similar to Fear Street Saga. Yeah. He cannot stop laughing. And Jenny is like, just Go to the bathroom by yourself. It's fine. Which honestly, Jenny, come on, get rid just of your stand like, in the bathroom. Just with stand him. with him. It does not matter at this point. Like it just it doesn't matter. But she's like, I'll just be on the other side. The toilet won't stop flushing, which is weird. She has to like creepy. stick a book below the yeah ball and like in the toilet. Just the thought too of like she's like, hello, Michael, and just hears like it's constantly flushing, which is that sound, mm-hmm. and it's a similar sound too that. 
right before Tom gets swept up in the water. Mm-hmm. It must be the vortex sound. It's the vortex sound, I think. So he basically fights the snake and the wolf, shoots both of them, yeah, kills them both. Kill and so he's like, cool. Because he figured they can be hurt because he did manage to blood. slice one, yeah. found the blood, shot both of them, shot the snake twice in the face. I was like, dang. And then his head explodes. Yeah. So that's pretty satisfying. Mm, yeah. Good work, Tom. And then he's like, oh, I did it. He's like laying in the creek bed, then just gets flash flooded. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Mm. He did it, though, though. He did do it. He thought he was going to die doing it. It's true. And that's too like true when he was like, this is going to be a one-way trip. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, Tom? Like, Well, Tom has been cool this whole time. He's been growing. Mm-hmm. He, he's grown this whole time. I mean, we really only get crap Tom- Right at the beginning of the first book. Because then, like, as soon as he gets taken, he's hip to what's going on. Yeah, and he totally realizes, like, oh, man, I was I'm not appreciating yeah, Jenny enough. up with Jenny. Now it's just, oh, right, right. So Michael's gone because he mm-hmm. got flushed on the toilet. She gets a final clue. This mm, wasn't a good clue. <laughs> this, again, is like the kiss riddle where I'm like, that's not... That's not really. It's a door she's seen, a door she'd been through but hadn't been through. Something halfway and black and white. And that doesn't really pay off as much as it should. I like the scene of her trying to get to it, though. Mm -hmm. That's really suspenseful. Mm -hmm. Because what she figures out that it is, is the door in a black and white photograph like mural sized photograph of their school cafeteria Mm -hmm. so she has to go through that door how on earth she decides that's what's what it is she's like beyond me well she's really touched by this magritte picture so she she's maybe understanding things we don't Lindsay. no but she says (laughs) she says the whole thing about like oh an image of the cafeteria is not a cafeteria. I get that. I get that the photo's in black and white, so it's a door that's in black and white. I get that she's gone through the cafeteria door in real life, but not in the image of mm-hmm. the door. So it's not that I don't get how the answer is correct. I don't get how she figured that out so quickly. Me neither. She, but you know what? This it is another fi- thing, it, too. In this case, it fits the riddle. Mm-hmm. How on earth would you come to that conclusion? Yeah. I don't know. So I don't buy that. Me neither. But, but that's fine. Who cares? I did enjoy the journey of her getting there. Yes. Because that was that really was scary. Really scary. Because you d- really didn't know how it was going to play out. Um, so I'll just try to read like a few highlights of it. There's too much to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It goes on for pages. That's the other thing that's like very cool and scary about it. So all the lights have gone off. She's So she's trying to get to the painting at Zach's house in the garage. Painting. The photo at Zach's house. Um, all the lights go off. She stumbled into the darkness, heading for the lighted living room. Her legs were shaking so badly she could hardly walk. Her outstretched hands were numb. Every inch of her skin was tingling, shrinking as if expecting an attack from any side. It was pitch dark. He could be anywhere around her, anywhere in the darkness, moving quietly as a shadow himself. If she took a step, she might run up against him. Also, it should be noted that on her way to that house... The streetlights had been turning off. Oh, yeah. Darkness her. had just been chasing her yeah. the whole way. So she's already freaked out. And now she's plunged into darkness and is just trying to chase the light. Yeah. It reminds me of like mm, good. Um, the scene in Silence of the Lambs where 
uh, yeah. she's like in the dark yeah. and he has night vision goggles on. Yeah, and you're seeing her stumble and not it's know so what to do. so terrifying. It is like that. Um, one of I my like favorite this scenes. part. Um, sobbing without making noise, she took a step. Now another one and she's forcing herself. She shuffled into the dining room, one hand on the cool smoothness of wallpaper. She could feel the immensity of the darkness on her exposed side. Something could come at her from that side or from the wall. He could grab her in any direction. She staggered forward in the dark and found another empty space. Now the way was clear until the garage. She stepped against something warm and hard in the darkness. She screamed. You didn't think, the voice like water over rock said gently, that I would actually let you get there, did you? Ooh. And then she's, she's like close to fainting. It says, Jenny's eyes were filled with darkness and the rushing of her own blood filled her ears. Actually, I'm surprised you got this far. I didn't think you would, but I got your aunt and uncle out of the way, just in case, an urgent message from their missing son. I'm going to faint. I really am this time. Jenny couldn't keep her knees steady. He was half supporting her now. Shh. You don't need to cry. You've lost the game. That's all. It's over now. No, shh, shh. Jenny, we're going in a moment. You see, here's the way. And it's a vortex. And so she's like, her mind's racing. She's like, I've got to figure this out. I have to outsmart him with this. So... He's like, come with me now, Jenny. And he's like pulling her toward the vortex. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll go. Just let me, let me go. I can walk by myself. I'll follow you. And he lets go. The instant his grip loosens, she just she kicks him into the hole. All her might <laughs> yeah. into the hole. Jumps over the hole. Yeah, jumps over and is like, bye. And runs to that photo. <laughs> runs to the photo, yanks open that door. Um, okay, rushing wind surrounded her. The cold metal seemed to melt from under her fingers and she was falling her scream was snatched away by the thunder of the air. She had never seen anyone look as surprised as Audrey and Zach and Dee and Tom and Michael did. <laughs> Their five faces were turned toward her, staring, mouths and eyes open, as she staggered forward and landed on her knees. You came through the door, Audrey said. Because <laughs> all the rest of them they had fallen so through the ceiling. <laughs> and I loved, too, that when she looks up, she can see the vortex crackling with electricity. Yeah, that was so the cool. whole time. Um, and that actually... I think people are like pretty much like they're downplaying Audrey's situation because when she was there, <laughs> she was alone first. She was like For a alone. day. And they're just like, okay, whatever. But it's like. And it just felt like a week to them, but it's only been a couple days. So imagine crazy. how long it felt to Audrey. When she's alone and not knowing because she didn't know what was happening at all. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Um, so she didn't know that like her friends might come. Yeah, because she was the first one to disappear. Then. Of course, of course, it's not the end of Julian. Of course, that's not no. the end of Julian. He can get out of the vortex. No. So they're talking about him and they're like, he has to let us out. It's the rules of the game unless he is planning to cheat. She added loudly, feeling reckless and bold with Tom's hand in hers. I never cheat, Julian said from behind them. I practice gamesmanship, the art of winning games without actually cheating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's just like. Boom, wall of fire. Yeah. Uh, I'm not blocking the door. You can leave one however you want. Just just leave. Go to the mm -hmm. door. And then, of course, boom, fire. Yeah, D tries to fire. go to the door and is just, like, blown back by a wall of fire. Yeah. And Jenny has to, like, carry her, like, pick her up and be like, all right, let's mm -hmm. figure this out. And it is by, rem like, reminiscing on the story that Abba told them that she's like, oh, okay. And also thinking the about Magritte. Because <laughs> she's like, it's an image of fire, not actually fire. Yeah, all of this, man, Magritte really figuring large. <laughs> so she's like, I do, I liked the description of all the runs of 
pieces of what has been happening, like yeah, the the italics running right together yes. to form a yeah. Uh, without another word, the girl dived into the river of fire. Touching's just another sense; it could be fooled too. The image isn't reality, even though we're used to thinking that way. The fire burned her, of course. My mother always said the fire burned her like fire. Oh, that's interesting. The fire burned her like fire. Mm-hmm. But wasn't fire. Yes. If a model's good enough, there would be no way to tell it wasn't real. We show a kid a picture of a dog and say, this is a doggy, but it's not. So that's that's actually really cool. Yeah. That, all of I sudden, love that. Everything we've been seeing from different people runs together mm-hmm. to form the answer. Yeah. Which is that the fire is fire, but you can get through it. Totally. And then so she's like, this is what we got to do. Got to run through it. And then this- I like that finally Dia's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not running into that fire because she's I, already been blown back by it. Yeah. And then I, I really like that Tom is like, OK, no problem. Let's go. I'm with you, Jenny. And he totally doesn't believe that she's right. Yeah. He's just like, if you're going into that fire and I know I can't stop you, I'm going to be in there with you. Yeah. And that was the line that he says that made me think like. I get why she also loves Tom mm-hmm. is that when he says, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Tom. Oh, he baby like, Tom. Yeah, really earns. And him, like, he helps her get through it by screaming, cool, wet grass, cool, wet grass mm-hmm. as she's running through. Yeah, I like. And then this is where Julian's kind of spell over her is broken. I could have lost him. I could have lost him forever. All his brave goodness, all his love for me. I could have lost him. I could have lost myself in Julian's darkness. So like going through the fire scorched Julian's hold on her off. And it says, burning away the part of her that had responded to Julian, that had craved his danger and wildness, taking that part like a sacrifice. Now that Jenny had come through the fire, she felt purified, renewed, a phoenix reborn. Mm -hmm. But her strength is still with her. Also, it took... Going through a a device of Julian's making to break the spell that Julian had over her. Yeah, that's interesting. Which I really liked. Yeah, she had to walk through the fire. Mm-hmm. Which means the third book, The Kill, must have the other river two of water ones, and river right? of snakes. Must. Mm-hmm, because fire comes first. Fire's first. And so basically once they get through, they realize, okay, we did survive. It is agonizing to go through, but we did survive and it doesn't actually burn you just feels like it so then but this fire is like growing stronger so like okay we got to run back grab everyone and we all have to leave together so they're all holding hands running out jenny loses her grip on zach zach stumbles zach disappears when they get out tom is like i'm on it i'm getting zach runs in the fire but while he's there trying to save zach the photo burns up and they're gone the whole thing just burns to soot and she cannot stop crying. She's weeping and weeping and weeping. And everyone's crying. Even Dee. Oh, yeah. And they're like, Jenny, don't. Oh, don't. God, Jenny, please stop. Dee was crying, too. Tears dripping down her neck. Dee, who never cried. Audrey called up on the other side, wrapping her arms around both of them. They were all sobbing. Aw, look, you guys. You guys don't. Michael gasped. Jenny felt a new pair of arms around her, trying to shake all of them. Jenny, Jenny, it might not be so bad. He might have made it through. If he made it through to the cafeteria, he's okay. Aw, mm-hmm. all of them are crying. This is so sad. I think I cried. Oh, no, I did cry. In this book, oh. I cried. Oh, and then where the photo was, giant red calligraphy appears. Your friends are with me in the shadow world. 
If you want them, come on a treasure hunt. But remember, if you lose, there's the devil to pay. And Jenny's like, bring it on, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Right, she said and heard her own voice, clear and cold, like a trumpet. He wants a new game? You'll get it. I know I can beat him now. Jenny, Michael began, looking at her fearfully. Jenny shook her head, straightened her shoulders. I can beat him, she said again with complete confidence. To the smoking photograph, black and empty again, she said. On guard, Julian. It's not over till it's over. Fuck yeah. Jenny's dope as fuck. Yes. Ugh. I cannot wait to read the kill. Heck yeah. Oh my God. It's such a cliffhanger. That was good. I loved it. That was good. It was good. It gave us everything we wanted except for some Zach shit. Which, fine. I'll, I'll wait. Please I'll wait for book three. Some Zach shit. Because it has to be explained. You can't just set up all this weird Zach stuff and, and then. Not- and then have him it. be stolen away with her love with interest. Tom, it's so come clear. on. It's so clear that Julian like either grabbed Zach or something. Although that's not part of the game. There's something. It doesn't make sense for there, Zach and Tom to be the ones who Julian has captive. Also, very cool that two guys are captive. Love that. And that Jenny has to save them. Also, like, yeah, especially because Tom had been the one kind of stepping up and being heroic, which is great for him. I'm glad that he's, like, had a chance to redeem himself a little bit. But I like that now, like, Jenny is stronger than ever. She is like, fuck yeah, fine. You want to play a fucking game? I'll play it. So I'm really excited. Also, Zach has to have importance. Come on. It's it's Tom plus Zach? No, it's like Tom and Zach. Exactly. Ugh. We'll we'll be able to talk about the third book mm-hmm. in just a few days. Three days. <laughs> I can read it all tonight. I can. <gasps> oh, my God. Is that what I'm going to do? Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this. I'm so happy. Yeah. Thank you guys for suggesting this book. Yeah. Like, you were right. You were, you were so right. I mean, it's not like right. we thought you were wrong. But no. thank you for introducing us to this book. And thank you to so many people for suggesting it. Because we might not have gotten to it very soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We would not have prioritized this book so much had not had it not been that so many people were saying Here's the you have other to do this thing book. people are really asking for a lot is the Fear Street R.L. Stein cheerleader series. Yeah. So we're gonna have to get to that soon, which I love. I'm obsessed yeah. with that second book cover. Um uh, did so you we will see be that doing I, that, everyone. I was so glad to have found that that book that I found in that old crown books mm-hmm. um is was, the one is perfect condition it was in a wrap <gasps> really yeah so i was like good and like grabbed it it is such a beautiful cover the like mm-hmm. lighting on her hair like the i wanted menace. to look exactly like her oh. yeah yeah i love I, this book so i i still love christopher pike i love his ideas mm-hmm. i love his themes lj smith blows him out of the water in terms of writing and realization and characters yeah I because these are real or like their motivations are real. Mm-hmm. Their behavior is more real. Mm-hmm. I just keep thinking of that the fucking eternal enemy stuff where Rela is saying Rayla? Rayla? Where Rayla is saying like I'm your fucking blah 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 dream and my teeth are like white. My smile yeah. is like white chocolate. Yeah. And my body is Fucking heaven. Like, yeah. What? None of none what? of that is here. No kind of weird like these sexual aspects of Jenny are 
sensual. And instead of like Christopher Pike writes them. I mean, it's pulp, which is the whole point of the podcast, mm. but it is so like cheesy and almost grotesque. It's like obscene. Also, the the desirability of our female protagonist is not told to us by our female protagonist in this book. Yeah. It's told to us by Julian. It's told to or, us by Tom. I mean, or, she kind of comes to realize it, but it is a yeah. realization. It is not just like... I, I guess if I had to look in the mirror. Thought, if I had to describe my love. And like, I loved how like the way that her hair color is described in the second book is because she's like brushed her hair so much that like her golden blonde hair is like going up and static. I know exactly what that is. I know she, like, that turned feeling. her head upside down. She brushed her yeah. hair while it was upside down and then she flipped it up. And it's like, mm-hmm. then she ran some fingers through it just so it wasn't like crazy. Mm-hmm. But like, I know exactly I love what that. that that is cloaked in a real like move that a girl thing would do. that a girl does. Yeah. So I really, I, I really appreciated these books and I, I like, I understand so. that like Christopher Pike might not know little like actual touches like that like the whole thing where you brush your hair upside mm-hmm. down and flip it little stuff like that but the whole like if you have a sexual appetite you are in some small way a villain or there's no sexuality it's being oversexed yeah it it's reminds like, me of like the phrase like oversexed co-eds yeah whereas like this book like her sexual desire is very real for both tom and julian and like it's just because it's, and she's it's also like different. A which, human woman. Yeah. Instead yeah. of instead of like, well, I am a teen and my body is like so ripe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a I'm your God, what is it? I can't think of that line that Rayla is writing in that stupid letter to what's his face? I don't remember her Chris. the phrase. Christopher. Yeah. Um it's like my body is like your wildest dream or yeah i do remember her saying that her smile was like a bar of white chocolate yeah. and us being like it's not that white <laughs> yeah <laughs> like an off-white which i guess is how and it's also look. just like one big tooth <laughs> <laughs> so you're a monster I'm you look like a monster i'm basically your worst nightmare <laughs> i'm a cartoon <laughs> Uh, but yeah, overall, yeah. so it's love just these. I cannot wait. It's just so different when a woman is writing. It's so different. This is. I love this book. I'm so happy. Like I'm happy yes. to read these books. I love them. Yes, they're good. I'm excited. And the second book is like I like the first book, but it is much better. Second book is great. Yeah, I love the first one too. Um, yeah, it's but good. But like. Well, think, like we were saying, it like took halfway through before we were like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. this is things really pick up. Mm-hmm. This is dangerous. This is yeah, so on and so forth. But I, I wonder if we'll see more of like because we were kind of in Julian's domain in book one and book two. It was much more of like an urban fantasy where he was here in our world. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, there's is like this going to carnival stuff on the cover of the third book? Ooh, I love. I've been on a creepy carnival kick. Oh, yeah, you Lately. said that. Yeah, I'm still reading Night Circus. I finished Caraval. Night Circus is great. I somebody, really highly recommend it. I think somebody wanted us to read Night Circus. It's too modern, and it's too oh, good. okay. That might be a different book. Oh, it's, Night World. I think it's also oh, L.J. Smith. Says, which yeah. I actually found one of the omnibuses for mm-hmm. like $3 at we Crown Books. We will be doing that. I mean, we're um, doing all L.J. Smith. We're doing all Christopher Pike, all R.L. Stein. I didn't realize. All Lewis Duncan. We're doing everything. All the, all the point horror books. 
all Richie Tankersley Cusick. Like, feel free to keep suggesting things, but, but do not we worry. We're not going to cover it. <laughs> we are because getting to everything. If it if it was published as a paperback, if it is pulpy and was from like I would even say late seventies to nineteen ninety nine, eleven fifty nine p.m. Mm-hmm. We're gonna cover it. Yep. So yeah, I'm. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Good Great. Stuff. Awesome. Thanks for tuning um, in, you guys. Should we have Dan Fogelberg play us out? Sure. Ugh. Get to it. At this, it could go on forever. Who even knows how long? We're already at 36 seconds. Start singing. It's like a fucking epic poem. Oh my god! I, I didn't thought think it, it was going to go up another half note. I didn't think it was going to go for half step. I, I was like, it's going to be. Like, it's here still we go. Doing it. No. And, All right, and again. Oh my! God. Oh my god! Okay, it's done, right? No. Okay. What? All right, it's still going. Okay. It has been a minute. And now. now. Okay. Oh. Thank God. Okay. All right, we'll let this play out a verse. Oh, it's like Kate Bush. I hate Kate I Bush. <laughs> oh, it's so Kate Bush. I thought it was going to get to the chorus and it's Me just too. more amusing. Okay. It's so Kate Bush. It's so Kate Bush. I hate it. I hate Kate Bush. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of Teen Creeps. We'll catch up with you next week Mm -hmm. in your dreams. Keep it creepy. Thanks for listening to Teen Creeps. Our artwork is by James Mulholland. Our theme music is by Mike Carlson. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Teen Creeps Pod. You can direct all inquiries to teencreepspod at gmail.com. And please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're reading along with the podcast, you can now find our book schedule at teencreepspod.com. Thanks for listening and keep it creepy. He is not in that. He's nowhere no near fucking that idea. He has nothing Ugh. to do with that song. He is like just in the Netherlands, which oh, has sure. nothing to do with that song. Which That was so fucking funny. That was funny. so much- that was- <laughs>
because you were just gesturing wildly. I was gesturing at my phone like, fuck that song. And then my pinky hit the song. Oh, my God. And it God. started fucking playing again. Just that was, like you know that what? scene in the car. That was Julian. Oh, my God. He was that like, was that great. was me. That was How me. dare you? Dan Fogelberg is my favorite artist. <laughs>